Are you feeling inspired? Let's talk inspirational movies. Welcome to the best movie of the year. A show that normally answers that question, what's the best movie of the year so far? Good to have you back. I am John Ellis. Thanks for joining me today and being a part of the episode. If you're new, click that subscribe link to be notified of new episodes. You can find me on Twitter every day discussing today's movies and many other movies. Reach out to me there. Say hello. You can find me at Ellis on Movies. Now, if you're familiar with the show, you know I normally talk about the best movie of the year. But as of now, we don't have a lot of movies to choose from. We can't get to the theater and see these new movies. So things are a little on hold for now. We'll get back to normal soon. But I want to talk about those movies that you're watching now. Movies that you have turned to to inspire you and get you through life. As always with these discussions, I couldn't do this without my movie-loving friends. Together, we're all moderators of the Unspooled Podcast Facebook group, managing over 5,600 members and daily conversations about movies. So those friends joining me today are Kate, is our leader and manager of the aforementioned Unspooled Podcast Facebook group. She's appeared on that show, plus all things Cozy Podcast. Brendan, he's the co-host of two very good movie-related podcasts that you should subscribe to, What Were They Thinking, and For Screen and Country. Catherine is a movie lover like all of us, but also a psychotherapist, and is working on a long-term research study with the working title, Apotheosis, Imaginary Narrative, and Developing Self. Catherine is going to start us off with her inspirational movie. See how quick you can figure out this movie, and we'll talk about it on the other War side. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. Keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I have a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. We have no idea what threats are out there. We can't do this for Do we all feel kind of stupid now for not assuming this would be Catherine's movie? <laughs> it's tattoo inspiring. This is tattoo inspiring. Literally one of my favorite things about Catherine is her passion for this and her tattoos and her friends' tattoos and it's all so cool. Cause this is oh, part of your DNA. It had a massive impact on me. So and I love it so much because before Captain Marvel, I went and saw the Marvel movies and I thought they were okay. I didn't you know, I wasn't all on board like I am now. And um there's a young he's not a boy anymore, he's sixteen, but from the time he was ten I used to uh take care of him. His mother was a friend of mine who passed away and his father reached out to me and said, you know, would it be possible for you to come and spend time with Julian? Um once a week and we had this arrangement. So I'd go over there every Tuesday night and we'd watch a lot of Degrassi junior high, which Brendan should be a fan of. Yeah. Okay. So Brendan, you at least watched that, right? (laughs) I've seen various episodes of that. I know my Drake filmography. That's what I was going to say. A little Canadian. So anyway, he (laughs) loved, loves Marvel movies. So every time one would come out, we would go see them. And I, I thought they were fine. They were fun. I enjoyed them. You know, I was a Star Wars girl. I was never into superheroes. He'd, we'd spend whole movies where I'd, you know, kind of sneak over next to him and go, who's that? What's happening? Cause I didn't understand all of the backstories with everything. And he just roll his eyes as, you know, 12 year olds do. And, uh, then I saw Captain Marvel and it just blew me away. I, in, it's my favorite of all the Marvel movies, and that is such a not popular opinion. And but for me, uh, what stands out for this movie and was so inspirational to me, and um, are these elements of how it's a story 
of this woman um, discovering her true self. So she comes to the story, her memory has been wiped, and she's been given this narrative by people who seek to exploit this power that she's been imbued with through this explosion, as you find out. So she has this really amazing strength and power inside of her, but it's also being controlled by them through this little thing that she has on her neck. And so the as the movie unfolds and she returns to earth, she starts having these flashes of memory and is trying to figure out who she is and starts piecing everything together. And the scenes with her best friend who knows who she is and knows her heart and knows her spirit help her to rediscover herself. There's the sort of climactic scene where she um, stands up to the power that be the, the supreme intelligence who is tearing her down, who's saying you're weak and you're no good and, you know, all of these these things that she's wrestled with because she's been given these messages from the time she was young. And then she's able to stand up and it has this lovely montage of all the different iterations of her childhood self standing up. And she reclaims her power and not only the power that she had as a human, but also the power that's been um, given to her through this experience. So it's this integration of everything. And my favorite line is where she says, I've been fighting with one hand, sorry, I've been fighting with one arm tied behind my back, but what happens when I'm finally set free? And she pulls the plug out of her neck and she turns to fire. And I saw this, when I saw this in the movie theater, I'm getting chills just talking about it. I just had tears rolling down my eyes and down my cheeks and was just, wow. And all of this stuff came in just to such clarity about, and I've been in therapy for ages. I deal with all this stuff about how, the messages I've internalized from people who sought, well, I should say the people who didn't have my best interests at heart had affected me over the years. And I, I cried in the car on the way home and I had this big catharsis and um, really was like, yeah, like I'm done with that. Like what happens when I let go of all of these constraints of this negative stuff that I've taken in about myself and really connect with my own true sense of power. And for me, it was a really liberating experience. The moment where she kind of squares off with Jude Law and he he throws down the weapons and said, come on, prove what you've got. Let's do it mano a mano or whatever he says. And she just like lasers him down and says, I don't have to prove anything. Oh yeah, that was great. I loved that <laughs> part. That was that part that really, was like, choke literally up. a cheering in the theater moment for like a good a good section of the crowd. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Hey, Catherine, were you a or are you a comic book fan? Or I you? am a comic book fan, and actually, it was Captain Marvel that that really pushed me into that world. I'm a late late bloomer, and now it's pretty much most of what I read these days is comic books. Um, oh, so you are a comic book fan after the movie. Not before. Yeah, after the oh, movie. Wow. I mean, okay. I always liked the movies. I never, I, it's weird because my experience of comic books is that it's, I, cause I used to, I mean, I read all the time, but that reading comic books has a different sort of mental process. And cause I'm a fast reader and comic books really force you to slow down. So it took me a while to, it's kind of like listening to Shakespeare when you first hear it. it it sounds weird, but once you allow yourself to kind of get in the rhythm of it, it feels really natural. And so that's how I was at comic books. But though this is also a very controversial opinion for, I don't know, maybe some, but I actually prefer DC comics to Marvel comics. <laughs> nice job, Catherine. Yeah. Love your pick. Now I got to watch it again. Is it on Disney Plus? It is on Disney oh, yeah. Plus. Excellent. Now I'm going to watch it this yep. week. Though I think that I have it, I think I paid for the streaming ownership of it, and I also have it on Blu-ray, and I also have Disney Plus, so <laughs> I can take my pick at any time, right? Okay, Move it can I just say, and you don't have to edit this, 
The reason I'm glad that Kathleen went before me is because she inspires me to be better. Honestly, Aww. like after she went last time, I was like, crap, I wish I had gone after her. I could have done so much better. I could have like followed her example. <laughs> so, which is why I want to go after her because now I'm inspired. The floor is yours. Okay, so without saying the name of the movie, does everyone know what movie I picked? Yeah, I think me, I do. Let me think. Let me think. You'll be guess or not? No, 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 no guesses. Okay, I think I do. Okay, so um, I have I I have, I have planted my guess in my head. Yes. Okay, I have two clips. I have one that's kind of short that is to me the most inspirational part of the movie, and then I have another clip which is the part that really means a lot to me and sort of sums up how I feel about the movie. We'll it's play the second one. In a minute. Nope. I want to do both. Okay. Well, I don't have to do both, but I want to, the first one is the guessing one. Okay. Okay. All right. You see, it ain't about the money, Dave. If Joe gives in to nobodies like us, it means we got the power. And he can't do that, no matter what it costs. Am I right, Joe? I sent for the police. They must be here right now. Send them in, Sites. Now, I'm not going back to jail, Joe. Look out here. Right out here is right where your power is. So we all know. Yeah, obviously. I realized that once the clip started playing, I was like, oh, yeah. So my movie is, you guys, go ahead and say it. Newsies. Newsies. <laughs> yeah. Also okay. on Disney+. So, Plus. Yeah. So Newsies is so important to me that 100% I may start crying. <laughs> so I'm going to try to rein it in. Newsies is a movie that I saw when I was eight. And has fundamentally changed the trajectory of my life and who I became. It was incredibly formative for me. Um, and I know a lot of people think of it as a silly Disney musical that bombed in the theater. But the story of it is so important. And it's not just important historically, which it is. But it's also a really important lesson to learn, especially as a little person, right? So, for those of you who may not know, because you've been living under a rock, Newsies is a musical, and it is about a, a real-life historical event. It's about the strike in 1899, when the newsboys of New York um, formed a union and went up against Pulitzer and Hearst. And the reason that they were striking was um, the movie sort of glosses over it to make it more cinematic, and that's fine. But the reason that they were striking is because during the Spanish-American War, they raised the price of newspapers from 50 cents to 60 cents for 100 and the way that they justified that was that they were selling more papers because of the events that were going on. And the deal was that they were going to put the price back. And 10 cents to us doesn't seem like a big deal. But these are people who are children of immigrants, they're orphans, they're runaways, and they have nothing. Like, they're making what the equivalent today would be $8 a day. And and that's it. And, and for $8, they have to find lodging and food and clothing. And that 10 cents was a really big deal to them. And on top of that, if they bought papers that they didn't sell, they had to eat the cost. So they would always try not to buy too many, right? Um, 
So in the movie, they go on strike. Christian Bale uh, plays the lead character. Robert Duvall plays Pulitzer. Bill Pullman plays a, a reporter, Denton, that helps them out. And there's a lot of other really great um, actors. It's almost a completely male cast. Uh, you do have um, Anne Margaret playing a sort of vaudeville singer who lets them do their rallies at her theater. So the story is that they go up on strike and they have to band together and they win. In real life, what they won was that the papers would agree to buy back anything they didn't sell, which was a huge deal. And they didn't just win that. What they also won in 1904, uh, children had unionized all over the country, including like Montana and Kentucky, and it brought attention to the fact that so many cities were run on child labor and that these children were being abused and exploited. And it helped to revolutionize child labor laws in our country. And the most inspirational thing to me, these kids had a voice and they, this is real. They actually did this in real life, changed history. To me, that has just been like the most important thing in my life is to always just, just stand up for what you believe in and stand together. Don't worry about the fact that you might not be good enough or strong enough or loud enough. Just as long as you stick to what you believe in, at least you can say you did that and you may change the world, right? Sorry, that's my rant about newsies. <laughs> okay, I want to play one thing. To me, it's really important because it's sort of in, it's the whole spirit of the movie because it is a musical, so it's important. So just this one little bit. So the thing about that clip that really matters to me is they say this is for kids shining shoes in the street with no shoes on their feet every day. This is for guys sweating blood in the shops while the bosses and cops look away. It's something that's even relevant today, right? Is first of all, all over the world, there's a lot of exploitation of workers um, in a lot of horrible ways. So it's still relevant today. It's still something that can be inspirational. And one of the best lines is... When you've got a thousand voices singing, who can hear a lousy whistle blow, right? Because they're talking about, like, people say, oh, the cops are going to come and break us up with this protest that they're having. And they're like, we're going to be too loud. They can't, like, who's going to be able to hear them? Like, we're, it's, it's all about, like, if you just, you have the power, just stand together and you have the power. And I can't think of anything more inspirational than that, that these kids actually did that. And they stood together, they had the power, they changed the world. It means so much to me. You can tell. You said it was a flop? Did it not do well? No, it took $15 million to make, and it made $3 million in the theater. How was that? I mean, it's a Disney. I don't know how that's even possible. Like, if it came it out was, today, surely it would make its money back. Well, they talk about that a lot, because it became a huge cult classic. It obviously became so popular that they made a musical. So it was a flop. Um, and then it even won some Razzies, which I find to be despicable, the Razzies as it is. Alan Menken did the music for it. Alan Menken is amazing. Um, he did the music for like Little Mermaid and, uh, you know, Pocahontas and Tangled. And- Wait, I just realized it's the Kenny Ortega movie. Is it? What is yes. It? Is he a director? He's a, he's a, he's actually a choreographer. Oh direct- my god, the dancing is fantastic. He's a director and he's best known for, well, you're not going to like this, but he's best known for doing all the high school musical movies. Well, I, I've never seen those. I don't know anything they're, about them. I know that I mean, Zac Efron is yeah. such a cutie. 
Sorry. Go ahead. So I will say this. I say it over and over again, and people, I think, always think I'm saying it sort of tongue-in-cheek or sarcastically or joking, but I really think that this should be something that they show in school to kids because it's important for children to know that they can have this strength inside of them. And a lot of kids feel undervalued or ignored or alone. And I think it's just really important for them to know that it doesn't matter. Like, I know I keep saying that, but it doesn't matter who you are. You can change the world if you, if you just stick to what you believe in and what's right. And what was happening to them was not right. And what they did took so much courage. It just means so much to me. It really, really does. Anyway, have you guys all seen it? Anyone here seen it? I've seen it. I have not, but I will now. And I'm just quiet because I'm just taking in everything that you're saying and, and kind of feeling that with you. So thank you. Plus, a lot of people, I think, see it and they don't think about it when they see it. They just think, all right, they're singing, there's dancing, like it's a bunch of boys, whatever. And a lot of people don't even realize it's a true story. And, well, the plot that I gave you was mostly the true story plot. It, it differs a little in the movie, but um, but it's still mostly a true story, and a lot of people don't realize that. But it's, um, yeah, it's just really, it just matters to me. I know a little bit about you, Kate. Like, I don't know everything about you for sure, but I do know elements of your history that really... I think resonate with the power of children and, um, you know, in the adversities you've been through. And of course that's not my story to tell, but I'm just want you to know that I'm aware of that. And I can see how this movie would resonate with you. It's funny. Cause I don't even, it's, it's interesting to have someone even say that to me and think about it from that perspective. <sighs> that's my job. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just so attuned to those things. When people really connect with something, to me, like, that says a lot about them and their experience, because there's a reason why we're attracted to the things we're attracted to. And that, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, the things that you find attractive are, are reflections in it's of yourself. And there's a conversation between people and the art that they like that says a lot about them. Yeah. Anyway, I just really hope people watch it, especially if you have kids, especially if you have kids, I would say between age like nine and 13, I think is a really important time to see, you know, the the, the main character in this person that he was based on was uh like 17. So there's a version that I don't know if it's the one on Disney Plus or not. Maybe it's a, there's there's one that because I thought it was it and I recorded it, but it's actually mm-hmm. the Broadway version that they're showing as yep. a, as a mm-hmm. movie. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a, a thing that's, that's out there. That's out there too. Sure is. <laughs> Which I did I did enjoy, but I get why you, you say it's not. I can see it's not as good, but I did. Here's enjoy the it. thing. It's fine. But the reason that I like this isn't because it's just really good music and really good dancing and really good acting and whatever. It's it was the story and the Broadway version really sort of tones down the story in favor of like all these other things that didn't actually happen. And you could say what you want about the movie not being historically accurate, but the fundamentals are accurate in the movie and the fundamentals are not accurate in the Broadway play. And so it just sort of bums me out. You also get young Christian Bale, who was like probably one of the best child actors back then. I've seen yeah. him in a couple stuff as a kid and he's really phenomenal. Like you could see... <laughs> You could see like where that kind of blossoms too. So he was so embarrassed that he, so it wasn't originally, it was not supposed to be a musical. And when they changed it to be a musical, he was so embarrassed. He wouldn't tell anybody that he was in a musical and he like didn't promote it or anything or tell any of his friends what he was doing (laughs) back in England or anything like that. It's really good. Okay. We can stop talking about it now. I'm glad that some people had a little bit of feedback. Maybe people are interested. I really do recommend it. Please give it a chance if you have kids, especially. It just, it, no matter who you are, you can, you can make, you can be important. Everyone can be important. Everyone's important. They just have to find their voice. They just have to seize the day. Carpe exactly. diem. <laughs>
Oh, that's a inspirational movie. What one? But then it's kind of depressing ending. Oh, the dead poet. Oh, is that an actual movie? Oh. I thought you meant there was a movie called oh, Carpe Diem. I was like, no, what's that? No, Dead Poets Society is sad, and it's even sad. Yeah, I was going to say it is very well, sad, yes. Yeah. If you if you don't watch the last 15 minutes, you're good. Sorry. That's kind of the whole point, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. So this clip, I should tell you, it's a. It, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a bit of a spoiler, but I can't really talk about this movie without talking about spoilers, because that's the whole point, is to understand the spoilers. <laughs> Again, it's just a clip. It's not a, it's not a um, trailer. So the story is both the zebra and the sailor broke their leg. And the hyena killed the zebra and the orangutan. So the hyena is the cook. The sailor is the zebra. Your mother is the orangutan. And you're the tiger. Can I ask you something? Of course. I've told you two stories about what happened out on the ocean. Neither explains what caused the sinking of the ship. And no one can prove which story is true and which is not. In both stories, the ship sinks, my family dies, and I suffer. True. So which story do you prefer? The one with the tiger. That's the better story. Thank you. And so it goes with God. Okay. I am really interested to hear what you have to say about this movie. I have that, to even say. Even that, that scene makes me emotional. Do you guys know I the like movie? This. Yes. No, I do not. So that movie is Life of Pi. Figured when you said tiger. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a little bit about the movie first. Uh, Life of Pi is uh, directed by Ang Lee, who did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and it was written by a, it was written by Yan Martel, which is a, a book I have. I actually read the book before the movie. So I mean, it's obviously a big blockbuster movie. It's 2012. It won four Oscars: Best Director, Cinematographer, Score, a lot of Visual Effect Awards, and Nominated for like seven or eight others. So those who don't know, Pi, boy named Pi, him and his family are moving from India to Canada with their zoo. Uh, so that means they need a freight ship to take all the animals and then things go horribly wrong and tragic hits and Pi is the only survivor. The only survivor, the only human survivor, him and a few of the animals, maybe. And that's part of the questionable part of this movie. So he's stuck in a lifeboat, lost at sea. Uh, with several animals, but ultimately just him and a tiger. So at the, on the surface level, that's sort of, it's just about, like bad boy and a tiger. But underneath all that, it's really about so much more to, to me in any ways. It's about, it's about faith and, uh, this kid, he's tr- trying to find his religion throughout this. He's, he's literally practicing three different religions and trying to find out which one works for him. So he's taking pieces of each one, which is also sort of the symbolic story behind this whole thing. Cause he's finding the story that really works for him. That really makes his life more bearable. He's finding the story that is, that he can live with. But underneath that, there's just this horrible story of kind of what really happens. It's just the whole, the whole balance of morality and what, what you do when your life is on the line. Some of the good, the heroism stuff you do, but also some of the horrible stuff, stuff you do. And if you, if you have seen it, or you haven't seen it, for instance, there may or may not be cannibalism in the movie. So the whole debate. And the story is what's real and what's fake and, and which, which version is easier to digest. And, and so it's sort of a, for me, it's sort of symbolic of life because we, we all tell ourselves stories, some real, some made up to make life easier for us. And whether that's through religion or whatever faith you have, it, or if it's just about reading fiction or whatever it may be, just to believe in stuff and sort of that defense mechanism to make life better make life not as horrible as it really is sometimes and and the animals on this boat i guess it depends on kind of what your take is that they may or may not correspond to sort of what really happened on the boat he sees these people as animals and and the things they have to go through and the survival they go through and sort of the shameful things of stuff that happens on the boat 
so yeah, it's for me, it's inspirational. For others, it could be a, just a terrible story because it, it depends on how you look at it. And to me, it's just this whole giant sort of metaphor of what we do to and the, the tools we have to sort of equip ourselves with with life to get through life, especially as some of the stuff we're going through now to kind of make make life more bearable and some of the fun stuff we do to kind of make it easier. And like I said, some of the stories we tell each other and whatever faith you have or not have, whatever you believe in to make life better, whether it's through fiction or religion or whatever, maybe that anyways, that's my, that's my spiel on uh, life of pie. I love that. I, you know what, John, I got to say that when I first saw the movie, I was sort of lukewarm on it, but I, when I heard that this was going to, when I heard the trailer that you played, I thought, Oh, I'd love to hear what he says about this. And I really loved hearing you talk about it just now. Like I thought, I think that's really great. And then really, a really good analysis of it and it's making me think of the movie and the book in a totally different way now. I think that's fabulous. That's a great pick. I was going to say, yeah, I think it, it it's a great pick. I have not seen the movie, but I've read the book. It's been many years now, so I, you know, a lot of it's kind of missing, but um, you know, I think what you're speaking to is something that I, I really enjoy is just, you know, finding the connection with stories and you're, and I really agree with you that it's sort of the stories that not only just bind us together as, as people, but like you're right, give that, um, that sense of, of, of comfort or meaning to our lives in a way that, um, can be spiritual. To me, a lot of these stories basically, like you're right, it's a defense again, sort of the existential terror of death, right? So it's like, and we use these stories to help make meaning of our time on earth, which is just kind of bananas when you think about it, like how we, I'm here, right here, right now, and trying to piece all of that together. And I like the clip that you played when he's like, which story do you like better? Because the the foundational elements of the story don't change, but how it's presented shift how you take it in and can sit with it. But the movie itself, just from a visual standpoint, it's just so gorgeous to look at too, which is why it won all the, you know, cinematography awards and technical awards it did. And like you're saying, Kate, it's, it depends on how you look at it. It's, I mean, someone says it's sort of a symbolic of God and religion. It's like, sure. If that's, if that's what you believe in, it can be that, but it also doesn't have to be at all. It, that's what's so great about it for me. You can look at it however you want to, and there's different different ways to look at it, and we're all going to look at it differently. And and the more I watch it, the more I kind of pick up on on different things like that. There's so many different different stories, and that's the whole point of it, right? That's literally the point of the movie. Yeah, is to everyone look yeah. at something differently and choose how they do. And 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 yeah, it's it's just a really inspired pick, John. <laughs> yeah, and I think we, you know. Whatever the art form is, we all bring our own stuff to it and project our experiences onto it. But I really love movies like this that kind of give you more space to do that. That's giving you material that you can really dig into and connect with, with your own stuff and interpret it the way that you want to. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm kind of blown away because... I didn't know, like, even having seen the trailer, because I remember it coming out, I don't think it was marketed very well. I know it won, like, Oscars and awards and everything, but I, I don't think that, that, I don't know, I remember watching the trailer and being like, I don't know what that movie is about. <laughs> so I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it up and, and, you know, laid it out a lot more detail and, and it, it makes sense now and I actually want to watch it, but having known nothing about it before. Well, after listening to you, I think that the beauty of it actually sort of uh works against it because it is so pretty that I think that's what people were talking about, right? Everyone was talking about it. And I think it came out in 3D and everyone was talking about how beautiful it was and, and, it, and it was. It was very beautiful. But now you've made me think about this whole other level of it that that I think really like got overlooked. Yeah, yeah I don't think Life of Pi was marketed well at all because I have – almost no recollection of seeing any marketing around it. And I just kind of mm-hmm. knew it was there. I don't. And if you go, and what's the other reason I didn't want to play a trailer because the trailer just shows fish in the water and a big whale jumping up and then blue lights flashing. 
and it really doesn't do anything to tell the deeper story that's going on there at all. The other thing I was going to say was uh, the other one I almost did was Big Fish. And then I realized the parallels here because Big Fish is also about making up these stories and telling stories, ex- exaggerating stories to make sort of life better. Those who have seen Big Fish, Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, actually, there was another movie that I was going to pick was Secondhand Lions, and it's like the same thing. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I heard about it, though. <gasps> you haven't seen Secondhand Oh, John, you will love it. You would love Secondhand Lions. And it's another Robert Duvall movie, actually. <laughs> I really like Robert Duvall, I gotta say. But it is, it's all, I, but only in these. I don't like him in his, like, Someone's mafia a Blue Radley fan. Whatever. <laughs> but like, um, no, it's, it's the same thing though. It's, it's the idea of, of taking control of your story and telling it the way you want to tell it. I've only seen Big Fish once and again, it was a really long time ago, but isn't it sort of center around a man's conflicted relationship with his father? Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And, and I watched it today, so it's fresh on my mind. And isn't Life of Pi doesn't have that some elements of like his relationship with his father? Is yeah. that also there? Yeah. Right, yeah. It does. Okay. Just in case you're trying to dig, dig deep here, my relationship with my father was great, Catherine. So, <laughs> oh, no, there's, that wasn't there's no, there's, there's, there's no hidden hidden story there. No, I was – well, because when you had mentioned Big Fish, that was what immediately leapt to mind were people wrestling with relationships with fathers. And then I was just thinking now about – Oh, you you connected it in a different way, and I was like, "Isn't there something about a father in Life of Pi?" So I just I couldn't remember. I think they're more just like about how we define our lives. I'm glad you have a good relationship with your father. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brendan. Boy, all right, just looking up the trailer for Troll Two here. Just one second. <laughs> I want to be. The biggest star in the world. Your act is like an amateur hour. And I'm not like everybody else. I really like what you did out there. I'm not a comedian. I don't want to go for cheap laughs. You shark! What's wrong with this guy? They detest you. That means we're a success. 40 million people are watching you every week. Party time for Latkes. You just don't respect anything. You said some pretty inflammatory things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've always got to be one step ahead of him. This guy is so obnoxious. It's good old-fashioned entertainment, George. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. I think the rest of the trailer is just the uh, song, for the most part. So I'm guessing everybody knows. Yes, excellent choice. Sweet. I was wondering, I was wondering if uh, this one had been kind of forgotten... Um, at this point, but yeah, it's, uh, 1999 Man on the Moon starring Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman and one of the biggest Oscar snubs, I think, in history. Um, oh, I don't even do think he was nominated. Really? I don't even, don't even think he was nominated. Uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named won that year for uh, American Beauty. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's so. just, that's just Voldemort. Yeah, so that well, happened. He's a good actor. He's a good actor, but I do think there was a human, little, little, little bit of, of uh, highway robbery here with not even a nomination. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, this is Man on the Moon. Um, it's a biopic of a comedian named Andy Kaufman, who I feel like uh, quite a few people know. Maybe a lot of like younger people might not remember or know who he is, but basically, he was this comedian who didn't really conform to any kind of conventional stand-up comedy. He was very off the wall. Sometimes he would just stand on the stage and read The Great Gatsby to people. <laughs> like, or sometimes, you know, he'd wrestle women and pretend to be like a, like an evil uh, wrestling character or like a heel, I guess. Um, and then, you know, occasionally he'd be, and then he would be in like conventional sitcoms like Taxi. So he just kind of went about his life. And I think, um, so I saw this movie shortly after it came out. So this was 1999. So I saw it probably like the year after, probably when it came out on VHS. If anyone, uh, remembers what that is, that's when you, you get this tape and you put it into your VCR. <laughs> You'd have to rewind it when you were done, or the next customer at Blockbusters would be very upset. Well, it would be unkind of you not to. (laughs) That's right. 
So yeah, I watched it uh, like about the uh, when it ever came out on video. And I must have watched this movie like oh, not even lying. I must have watched it like fifty times over and over and over again, and without even like really knowing about the real person. Um, there's an element in this that's really inspiring in that you see Kaufman, Andy Kaufman kind of as a child being a little weird. And I think I can relate to that, especially younger, being younger, not having a whole lot of friends around that age. Um, he's doing these like, pretending he's on like TV and like doing these like comedy shows for himself and no one really else or, you know, his one or his, uh, his sister is watching or something. Uh, I'm an only child, so I can't relate to the whole sibling thing, but the, uh, the keeping yourself entertained is something I can relate to strongly. Um, especially in this movie where he does that. And then of course he goes on to achieve quite a level of fame. I mean, he was a pretty big name in the seventies and early eighties. Um, especially in, you know, in the comedy, on the comedy scene. Uh, this movie's great. Uh, I do think, now I did watch this again last night. Uh, I do think, as far as biopics go, it's, and this might be going back to, I'm glad actually, um, I'm glad actually it was mentioned earlier about the historical accuracy thing. I think Kate, you mentioned it as well. Uh, with Newsies is that it doesn't really bother me that much because this movie's not super historically accurate. Um, there's lots of things that they kind of, uh, kind of exaggerate or things that they leave out. And there's even things that like don't really make sense. Like there's, there's, uh, the story of a staged fight he had on a live comedy show. And the movie kind of makes you think that it was real. When in reality, of course, it was all just one of his many pranks that he pulled on people. Um, it, it, but it, it kind of, it kind of works because the, you know, the subject is Andy Kaufman, who always was kind of bending those, bending reality and fiction, uh, reality and fiction. So it kind of works in the context of the movie. Um, but yeah, no, it just, the, the fact that this guy who had, um, this kind of weird childhood and upbringing and, uh, goes on to achieve this, uh, this level of fame and, you know, is successful by being himself and just doing what he likes to do. He never really conformed. I mean, other than being on taxi and which he, uh, uh historically famously never wanted to do. He hated being on a sitcom. Uh, and, you know, he mostly just did his own thing and, and was happy. I think he was just a happy guy. And I think that's such a interesting, inspiring thing to uh to think about i mean he, obviously this it's andy kaufman so that he did meet a tragically uh his life did end tragically early um i think he was only like 30s or like you know 30 34 35 but he had a quick career but it had a lot of had a lot of peaks and a lot of valleys and yeah i don't know i just really like this movie it's also milos uh foreman who's a great director he also did amadeus and uh Something else that I'm blanking on. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, yeah, I think it's a great movie and very inspiring. Can I uh, ask something that may be kind of obvious? Okay. I'm sorry if this is too obvious. No, no. But um, have you seen the documentary? Uh, the Jim, Jim and Andy? Jim and Andy, yeah. I did, yeah. What did you think about that? Uh, it was very interesting. Um it doesn't surprise me the <laughs> the stories of uh, Jim Carrey on the set. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind. Of, I mean, the stories of him, you know, being kind of obnoxious and staying in character the whole time and kind of annoying everyone, or most people, I guess, on the set. Of course, uh, Jerry Lawler, the wrestler who he has those scenes with, <laughs> really didn't like Jim Carrey when they worked together. I guess his argument was that he was doing what people thought Kaufman was like because he would always say like well Andy Kaufman was always the nicest person and the most civil normal down-to-earth person behind the scenes and he's just acting like stage Andy Kaufman the whole time when we're not filming and I think that was I think that kind of bothered him I mean to in his in his in Jim Carrey's defense I guess he wouldn't really know a lot about you know personal Andy Kaufman like personal life Andy Kaufman but I mean, there were stories in that documentary where, like, the real family members showed up and they said, like, in interviews in that documentary, they said they felt like they were talking to Andy when they talked to Jim Carrey. That's that's wild to me. 
one thing you said about the movie though, I, I did appreciate, um, and the fact that the movie itself, it felt like it was a few scenes was kind of tricking the audience too, the movie audience, which felt mm-hmm. right, which just felt perfect. Um, cause that's what Andy would have done. If he was, if he was making this movie about his life, he would have done that too. He would have played some tricks on the movie going audience as well. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's why, like I said, that's why the historical and accurate stuff doesn't really bother me that much. Cause I feel like it's almost intentional. Um, they also run the ending credits at the very beginning of the movie for a good 30 seconds. <laughs> so that's fun. And I was just going to say, I, I love this movie so much. And, um, the one scene that stands out to me that I had a really emotional, response to is when he does the show at Radio City and then, you know, then Santa arrives and then they put everybody on the bus and take them for milk and cookies. And I, I I mean, it makes my eyes water just talking about it. It's, it's, It's such a beautiful scene of just unfettered joy and his desire to just make people feel like children and happy. And it, it, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because it's, it really is such a great movie on so many levels and it's just a lot of fun. And I, I think Milos Foreman does those movies really well that just sort of really sort of pull you in and you just feel comfortable and enjoy being in the movie with the people. Even the one about Larry Flint. <laughs> that is a great movie too. It is a great um, movie. I find it interesting, Brendan, that that was the, just the first movie that came to your mind. When we said inspirational too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. It was just at the right time. I think it's a great pick. <laughs> I really do. I like that people picked movies that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of. Everybody is in this movie. Like, when I watched it last night, I realized Norm MacDonald has a small part in this movie. He plays Michael Richards. Like, it's crazy. Um, the fact that they get some of the people to play themselves, like Lauren Michaels and David Letterman play themselves, like, despite the fact that they were like, you know, 20 or 15, 20 years earlier, it's just, that's, that's also kind of wild to me. That's really cool. So he won a, I'm looking, he won a Golden Globe for that performance, but no Oscar. Uh, I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar at all though, was he? No, I don't think so. No, he's never been. I looked it up when you said that actually, you know, Jim Carrey's never been. No, and Jim Carrey's um, oh. Jim Carrey's dramatic roles are amazing. Well, this is the this is the year of Sonic the Hedgehog, so fingers crossed. <laughs> Come on, hey, that movie was so much better than I thought it was going to be. I'll just say okay. that. Well, maybe that's the next inspirational movie. Truman Show is still one of my favorite movies of all time, and I will watch Truman Show every time I see it. Like whenever he's, he's playing, so I stop good. and watch it. <laughs> I think people like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams, though, prove that 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 um, that I think comedy is a lot harder than drama. Like I really do. So many comedians Sandler, cross too. over into drama. Yes, yeah, Sandler. Like so many people like that, they cross over into drama, and for the most part, very successful. And I find like the success rate the other way around is much lower. Yeah, it's, it's much harder to do the other way around. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's it. Man on the Moon. Watch it today. Rent it at your local Blockbuster or Jumbo Video. Listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, the song is so good. <laughs> so good. I love that pick. I love it, Brendan. I love everyone's pick. Like, I really, I gotta say, I think mine was the most generic. I'm fine with that. I really like, I, I really like everyone's pick. Have you, so you've seen them all? I have seen them all. I Has anyone seen- not oh. seen? Oh wait, because you guys totally slept on Newsies. I see. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, I, we've seen them all. I've seen them all. Brendan, Brendan I, hasn't seen Newsies, has he? I haven't seen Newsies or Life of Pi, so I gotta watch those. Yeah. Well, those are that's a yeah, double I've that's a double feature right there. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah! Watch Newsies second, not because it's better, okay. <laughs> not because it's better at all. It's not better. It's just that, like, I think it's a pa- palate cleanser. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, to be fair, I did watch, I did watch, uh, when I watched, um, City of Ember and Sing Street, Sing Street also a music, well, I mean, yeah, not a musical, but you know what I mean. Like I watched it, uh, I watched that second as well because of, yeah. the, because it was the, uh, the music, the music and everything. Also like John's choices are much more adult than my choices. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so they're more like, like his this this life of Pi is just a much more thoughtful movie, maybe in some ways more artistic. And Newsies is just you, a fun. You afterwards. picked adult movies, John. 
I try not to. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a different podcast episode. <laughs> Let's do that as our next topic. <laughs> it's not it's more not. cerebral. We'll say it's a more cerebral movie. So, you know, all the ones that we've kind of talked about that sort of stand out as these sort of culturally inspirational movies, you know, weren't on our lists and that I, I really appreciate that, that we thought about these things on a, a deeper level. And I know early on just kind of having the conversation about what makes an inspirational movie. Um, I think all of the stuff we talked about kind of threads through all of these. Yay. Yay. I'm inspired to watch Life of Pi, so you have inspired me because, yeah, it's one of those that, you know, I read the book, I wanted to see the movie, and just never got the, around to doing it. It's not available for free anywhere, as far as I could tell. Brendan we'll find it. Figure out a way to find well, I mean, I mean, it's <laughs> out there. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely out there. It's not available legally for free, I should say. <laughs> but you can rent it on all the major sites. Sure. Hey, thank you guys so much for doing this and being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. I am really, really happy that we all do this. Thank you, guys. You're the best. And listeners, I appreciate you making this part of your podcast routine. Be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know of these new episodes. If you haven't yet, leave me a comment in Apple Podcasts or however you are listening. I'd love to hear from you. As mentioned, reviews and stars are always helpful. You can find this podcast on all the major channels out there. Join the discussion online. Let's talk about more movies. You can find me at ellisonmovies.com and always on Twitter at ellisonmovies. I look forward to the next episode and hearing from you. But until then, stay inside. <laughs>